So let's get one thing out of the gate right now. I know that Lessons from My Father is like the most stereotypical title ever of anything ever. And it's just weird. But you know what? It seems to fit. Um, I also don't think I have ever seriously called my dad father in my entire life. I, I don't know. That just seems way too formal for the kind of relationship that we have, the kind of one that we had growing up. It's it's just, I don't know. It's really weird. Like, I, I have no problem with other people calling him my father. I've had no problem with anything like that. It's just I have never referred to him like that unless I was like trying to be joking, super overly serious, formal about things. But... It's, it seems to work in a title. That seems like a completely different thing, just for some reason. I don't know why. Really, though, this is the kind of thing on why I wanted to start Caffeine in Spite anyway. Being a major brain dump for me, it's a way to chronicle things for future kids and grandkids and random other people that I have adopted from across the internet, I guess. So they can hear these stories exactly as we're telling them now and not how we're telling them in 15 or 30 or 50 years because I want to have that whole little bit of emotion in there that over those little bit of years are going to go away or are going to kind of maybe seem a little rehearsed because we've been telling them that way for so long. And I don't know, I want them to hear it like this. So March 31st, which is the day that this is released, is my dad's birthday or you know was my dad's birthday if you're not listening to it tomorrow as I'm recording this. Uh, just to be perfectly clear there, he's still alive while I'm recording this. Yeah, that, that kind of went a little bit weird. We're just going to move on from that. Um, so in case you haven't picked up on it, I'm here to tell you all about my dad today. Mostly the stuff that pretty much proves exactly why I love him so much. So let's get ready for this little bit of a ride here. Um, we're going to start out with where he joined the military because that's just where I feel like starting. And I feel like anything before that is kind of more his story to tell because I've I've gotten most of that story, but it's been so disjointed over the years that I don't think I could do it right. I don't trust myself to remember everything. So we're going to start off with the military stuff. Um, he started off sitting in missile silos waiting to press buttons in Arkansas. That's where I was born. And I, I mean, I, we were like two or three when I left, so I have no claims to there at all. And I'm going to relate a lot of the rest of his career to those buttons because he joined up before I was born and exact years are escaping me, but I was born in 86. So, you know, we're talking about back in USSR times, mutually assured destruction. And if someone's having a bad day, they could end the entire world. So obviously, you know, I, I couldn't actually learn any lessons from him from that besides, you know, how to use the toilet and talk and walk and stuff and yes those are really important but the big one that i have really taken on for everything now is not to screw yourself over just to get at someone else but don't let them screw you over either pretty much um those buttons hurt people so i mean not only do they hurt the people you mean them to go out and hurt they also hurt you because of all the fallout there even without getting into the nuclear fallout and yay, eternal winner and everything. But you don't want to let somebody take advantage of the fact that you don't want to press those buttons either. After that, he went over to the Air Force Academy to teach people history so they could make a better informed decision about pushing those buttons. And I'm sure, you know, it, it gets a lot deeper than that. 
I'm really, really simplifying it there. But that's pretty much what it is. Um, I mean, let's be real here. Nobody wants to actually push those buttons if they are not a psychopath. No matter how much we have kind of grown up getting it trained into us to hate someone, destroying the world like some kind of supervillain usually ends up with no world left for anybody, and nobody likes that. So the lesson I've taken from that is if you know why something is happening, then it's a lot easier to make sure it does or doesn't happen again, whichever one goes for the outcome that is actually better for you. Next stop for us was a base in Texas doing some kind of intelligence thing, and I mean, I was six, so I honestly have no idea what it was. But what I do remember there is he went off to Somalia, because this was back in... Crap, what's the movie? Like Hotel Rwanda, that whole time frame there. Um, and he was gone. A lot. But he was gone in that way that made me proud because he was going off to take out the bad guys and protect people and stuff. And this is not the time for a political discussion. We will do that later because this is about what six-year-old Chris thought about his dad and not a fucking political argument. Lesson I'm taking from that is you don't always get to be where you want with who you want, but sometimes you just have to deal with that in order to get things done. After that, he moved on to the Pentagon, did more intelligence stuff more stuff that I don't know about. I think this was maybe... No, this isn't it. We'll get there. Pretty much, though, th this was a lot of... We didn't go see him at work a lot. We didn't hear about his work a lot because security clearances and stuff. But one lesson I've taken from all of that is just kind of walking around the building when we could be there. You never know who's around the corner, so don't act like an asshole. I mean, it might be some general person that he had to go actually report to it might be the general person's secretary who is going to go tell the general that we were being an asshole anything like that uh, so you just got to treat people nicely because you never know who the important person is going to be or maybe who is technically not the important person but they have enough influence to where they might as well be the important person you just never know. Next stop for us was in Sumter, South Carolina, which was also where I was for 9-11. And once that happened, I mean, there, there was no question at all that he was going to be leaving again for another TDY assignment, going off, doing all this stuff. It was just a matter of when he was leaving and for how long. And really, this is the first time that I worried with all of his leaving stuff about him coming back. I mean, six-year-old me probably should have worried about him coming back. I kind of knew in some weird, abstract six-year-old way that there was a chance that he wouldn't. And I was definitely sad that he was gone. But that's a whole different mindset there from 15-year-old me who knows, like, you're going over to Saudi Arabia and Qatar and Kuwait where all this shit is going down where everything is happening and there's a very real chance that he doesn't come back from this because lots of people didn't or that he comes back and then immediately has to leave again so lesson from there is you can't always be where you want to do what you need to do because him going was definitely a do what you need to do kind of thing following stop for us was Augusta Georgia which was relatively uneventful Except for the part where he was in charge of an Air Force squadron at an army base, 
which is just as fun as you would imagine. And that he got reassigned before my senior year of high school and went down to Florida without us. So I wouldn't be moving for that one school year. Really, big lesson from there is take care of your people, no matter who your people are. That is maybe one of the biggest ones that I have taken with me out of everything that I have said so far. It's something that I took with me when I was working in restaurants. I mean, those were my servers. If there are customers being mean to them, I I will go out. I will protect my servers. Um, The guys at where I work now, if they are doing things that directly affect my job, those are my guys. I will take care of my guys. I will make sure that they can get things done. Last stop for my dad was down in Tampa, which I think maybe was kind of the most boring spot. He was doing political stuff, kind of smoothing things over after other people had pushed the buttons. And this was for me when I had gone off to Winthrop to go to college. It was basically a vacation house for me. Like they gave me last pick of rooms because I wasn't actually going to be living there. They didn't worry too much about what I thought because I was going to be there for a few months over the summer and then like spring break and stuff. So it didn't really matter. But for me, just from the political aspect of things, it was the lesson for me was to clean up your own mess so other people don't have to clean it up for you. It's definitely something I take with me now because a lot of my actual job is cleaning up other people's messes. And a lot of cleaning up their messes is because they didn't do their paperwork right or they weren't paying attention to things, which, I mean, it happens. What are you going to do? When it gets annoying is when it's the same people consistently messing things up in the same way, be that people I work with or people that we deal with. So overall, these are always I try to live my life. I really don't feel like I could have learned them from anybody better. And I don't know, like there's anybody who has met my dad knows that I have ended up a lot like him in a lot of ways. I've ended up a lot different from him in a lot of ways too, which it gets frustrating. I mean, it's definitely not super like 100% same person kind of deal, but you can definitely tell that we go together. So I just really wanted to put this out on his birthday because we're going through just a bunch of worldwide bullshit right now. And this is something that isn't going to add any kind of crazy things to their house that he's going to have to take care of, or he's going to have to figure out a place to put it or pretend that he likes it later because spoiler alert, I know he's going to like this because I made it for him, even though I said earlier that I'm making it today. And I don't really care if he knows that part, because this is something that he's going to love. And I know he will. So happy birthday, Dad. Um, Definitely wish that I was there to celebrate it with you. Wish that we got to see each other more. This whole thing sucks. But especially right now, that's just kind of how the world is. And 
There's not really much we can do about it. 